So this passage that you heard can be a little strange. I mean, there's some weird stuff going on, a valley filled with bones, passage going on. So, but we're going to look at it today. We're going to look at it in the context of being exposed to the power of the Holy Spirit. Today, as Tasha mentioned, is Pentecost Sunday, the Sunday we remember when the Spirit poured out on the early church and empowered them to go into the world and to share the good news of who Jesus is. And we've been doing a series on echoes of the Holy Spirit, recognizing how the Spirit has showed himself in the Old Testament and where that's been going, how the Spirit brings life where there is death, where there is despair, in piles of bones which don't have any vestige of life but are dried up and have been there for a long time. So we're going to turn to Ezekiel 37. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn there. We're going to look at this passage and think about how it is that the Spirit brings life and what's going on. So quick setting for Ezekiel chapter 37, because it's important to read this story in the context of the rest of the book of Ezekiel. What else is going on in Ezekiel? So Ezekiel is a prophet who lived about 600 years before Jesus. Around the year 597, he was taken into captivity by the Babylonians. He was in the priesthood. He was being raised to be a priest. He was part of the ruling class, upper class. And he and many of the rulers and the priests were taken from Jerusalem into captivity in Babylon. And the book of Ezekiel begins with Ezekiel sitting by an irrigation ditch. And he sees this strange vision. And if you think Ezekiel 37 is strange, go back and read Ezekiel chapter 1 because there's just this crazy thing with these wheels spinning in the sky and these multi-faced creatures. But it's a vision of God and God's presence in the midst of exile. And then we get the story of Ezekiel preaching to the people who are in exile. And he's, he's warning the people of Israel of judgment coming. He's warning of all the things that they're doing wrong. And he's talking about judgment that comes upon the nations. And Ezekiel even has a time where he sees a vision and he sees back to the temple in Jerusalem. So he's been gone, 597, but there's still some people left in Jerusalem. And he has a vision of what's going on in the temple. And the people in the temple, some of them have their back turned to the temple and they're looking at the sun. There are a golden statue built there. And Ezekiel is preaching against all of this and the destruction that will come on the people of Jerusalem. And ultimately, that's what happens. In 586, so about 10 years after Ezekiel has gone into captivity, the Babylonians come, they surround Jerusalem, they place it under siege for two years, and eventually they capture all the people of Jerusalem, they raise the temple, and they take them all off into captivity in Babylon. So the first 33 chapters of Ezekiel are pretty depressing. You just see this despair that's going on. There's one little bright spot in chapter 11, but then chapter 34 comes along and we begin to see Ezekiel gives this picture of a shepherd. And God says through Ezekiel that he will be the shepherd of the people and he will care for them and watch over them. And then in chapter 36, we have this great passage, one of my favorite passages, where it talks about God putting his spirit in us and removing the heart of stone and replacing it with a heart of flesh. And that brings us to chapter 37. So there's been this long series of judgment, and then we're beginning to see a little bit of light. And then we come to Ezekiel 
in this dry bones. And so it says, the hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of valley. It was full of bones. I don't know about you. I'm not sure I'd be want to be walking through a valley filled with bones. I was thinking of movies. If you're an older movie buff, maybe Raiders of the Lost Ark, where Indiana Jones finds himself down in this thing and there's bones everywhere. Or more, a little more recently, it's older movie now, but Lord of the Rings. And in the Lord of the Rings, the return of the king, the last of that trilogy, there's a scene where the her heroes, Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli, are walking the paths of the dead. And they go in this cave, and the cave is just filled with bones and skulls, and they're walking along. And Gimli, the tough dwarf, is there, and he hasn't looked down yet. And one of the other characters says to him, don't look down. Well, what do people always do in movies when they say, don't look down? Well, they look down, and he realizes that the crunching underneath his feet are skulls and bones that he's crushing as he's going along. And I'm trying to imagine myself walking through a valley filled with dry bones. I mean, if I go out in the woods and I find one little skull, it'd be like, okay, I get that. But imagine walking through and the whole trail is just covered with piles of bones. And Ezekiel is a priest, and for priests, being around anything that had any, um, the vestiges of the dead, so around corpses and around bones is a sign of impurity. Ezekiel's brought to this valley and he's walking through these pile of bones and it says they're dry bones. He led me back and forth. And I saw a great many bones in the valley, bones that were very dry. Now, why does he make the point that they're very dry? In other words, they've been there a while. And these aren't just, this isn't just something that died recently. It's something that's been dead for a long time. And I realize there aren't levels of being dead, but in a sense, dry bones means they're very dead. I mean, there's nothing, no signs of life, no vestige of indication that this used to once be a living thing, but it's just dry, brittle bones. And then God speaks to him and says, son of man, can these bones live? I can imagine Ezekiel thinking, no. I mean, they're dry bones. Come on. But then he answers. How does he answer? He says, well, sovereign Lord, you alone know. In other words, not on their own, God. Not on their own can these bones live. I can't make them live. But maybe you can. You alone know if they can live. And then God says something. He says, he said to me, in other words, God says to Ezekiel, prophecy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, Hear the word of the Lord. In other words, God involves Ezekiel in the process. Could God have just done this whole miracle without Ezekiel? Absolutely. He could have just raised up the bones, but he chooses to use Ezekiel to make a difference. He chooses to use Ezekiel to make something happen. And he says, this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. And there's a line in there and I want you to notice where it says, I will make breath come into you. And so if we've been paying attention to our Bible story along the way, 
Or if you listened to my sermon about five or six weeks ago, does that phrase, putting breath into, make you think of anything? Maybe page two of the Bible, the story of God creating and God, it says God takes the dust of the ground and he forms Adam, the human, the man. And then what does he do? He breathes life into it. And one of the things that we know if we were reading this in Hebrew, the Hebrew word, and we've talked about this a number of times, the Hebrew word for spirit is ruach. But ruach sometimes is also translated breath, sometimes translated wind, sometimes translated spirit. So you see it here back and forth. The same Hebrew word is spirit, it's breath, it's wind, it's all in there. And so as God is speaking, in some sense, he's saying, I'm going to do a new act of creation. I'm going to take these bones which have no life and I'm going to breathe into them. My spirit is going to enter into them and bring them to life. And he says, they will come to life and then you will know that I am the Lord. In other words, you will understand my power. You will know who I am, that I can bring life where there was none, that I can take what was dead and bring it to life. And so Ezekiel does what he was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together. Okay, if I wasn't creeped out by walking through a valley of dry bones, all of a sudden the bones starting to come together and kind of clicking together and clinking together, I think I might be leaving the valley at this moment in time. But Ezekiel stays around and it says, I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them. Ooh, that's just... And so they're coming together and it says, but there was no breath in them. So it's like they come to life and there's these bodies fully formed with bones and tendons and muscles and flesh and skin on them, but there's still really no life in them. On the surface, they appear alive. If you were just looking and standing there, you would see these things and say, oh, look, there are people but there is no breath in them. There is no life in them. And so then God says to Ezekiel again, prophecy to the breath, prophecy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe from those slain that they may live. So again, he's speaking, Ezekiel, and the Ruach, the spirit of God comes and the breath entered them and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. And so here's all this is going on. And as followers of Jesus, our mind might leap first of all to Jesus. That Jesus was crucified, that he was laid in a tomb, that he was dead. And then what did God do? God raised him from the dead. And we might read the passage of Ezekiel and think, oh, this is just another story of God raising. But it's a little more than that. It's something different about that. Because the bones are not about God raising individuals to life. This isn't a story about the resurrection, how God will raise the dead back to life. Because God explains it. He said, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bodies are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. So what do we remember? Where are the people of Israel now? They're in exile. They have been 
put under siege. They've been hauled off into captivity. They're far away from the temple. They're far away from their God. They've been separated from their families. They've been suffering. They're in pain and sorrow. And they're in this far distant land. In other words, their spirits are crushed. As God says, their hope is gone and they are cut off. So the bones, in some sense, are a symbol of what it feels like for them to be cut off what it feels like for them to have no life. And maybe you've felt that way sometimes. And sometimes we even use that expression, oh, I'm just dead, I'm just dead. And it's this feeling of, I don't have any life, I don't have any hope, I'm full of despair. I'm not sure how I'm going to make it through this next thing. Or maybe it's not you as an individual. Maybe it's a organization or a group you've been part of. Maybe even it's a church you're part of. And you just feel like you look around and there's no life. That it was something that used to be vibrant and living and all sorts of things happened. And now it just feels like a valley of dry bones. This valley reflects their feeling, a place where death reigns, where hope is gone. And so God is giving this picture to the people of Israel and saying, that's what it's like. And sometimes, looking across the church in the United States, or maybe even in our own congregation, we can feel that way. We can feel a sense of despair. Maybe it's just a little bit of hopelessness to look around and think, there used to be so many people sitting in here, or we used to have all these kids. We used to have these things going on, and we haven't used this baptismal font in a long time. And it just feels like a place of dry bones. We feel like Ezekiel looking and feeling like we're just in this valley that's a place of despair. Or maybe we see the church or ourselves or someone in our family and they're more like that first phase. It's like the bones are there, the flesh is there, the skin is on. And on the surface, it appears to be alive, but there's really no life. Maybe you've been in a church or maybe you feel about the church where you can go and there's all kinds of things going on. There's sermons being preached. The music is being played. There's all kinds of kids down in the children's ministry program. But then when you stop and you look for just a moment and you realize there's really no life. That the spirit isn't at work there. There's something that looks like it's alive on the outside, but when you look a little bit deeper, it's not. But what God reminds the people of Israel then and what he reminds us today when we're beyond hope, that nothing is beyond his power. That whatever's going on in our own life, wherever we feel this sense of despair, wherever we feel like we're walking on dry bones, wherever maybe we feel like we are dry bones and brittle and crumble. Maybe we feel that way about our church, we feel it's dry. What God wants to remind us through Ezekiel here is that nothing is beyond his power. 
that we, like Ezekiel, can say, Sovereign Lord, you know. In other words, Sovereign Lord, God, you have the power to bring life where there is death. You have the power to bring life where there is despair. You have the power to take a valley of dry bones and raise it into an army. So it's a chance for us to look around, and sometimes we can look around in our own life. Maybe it's a family member, a friend, and we see them, and what we see is someone who seems spiritually dead. And we're wondering, can they ever live? Can they ever come to life in Jesus? And God is saying through Ezekiel here, yes, they can. Because that's the message that took place on Pentecost. And so the story of Pentecost, these early followers of Jesus, they gathered, and there were all these people from all over the world who had gathered, and the Spirit poured out through these people, just like the Spirit worked through Ezekiel. The Spirit worked through Peter when he preached to a crowd of people. And it said that 3,000 people were saved that day. People who had been dead in their sins, people who had been a valley of dry bones, people who were dead and gone, were now raised to life. And so maybe it is you're just simply thinking of a friend of yours, a family member of yours, someone you know who you feel, who you see as dead in their sins. They're caught up in a life of darkness. They're caught up in a life that will lead to separation from God for all of eternity. And there is nothing you can do in your own power to bring them to life. But God says, I can. Just as I raised a valley of dry bones to life, just as I raised Jesus from the dead, I can raise others to life, not only spiritually, but physically. That's what Ezekiel wants us to hear this day that the Spirit of God is a Spirit that brings life where there is death. The Spirit of God is a Spirit that brings dry bones to life. Whatever those dry bones are going on, whatever those dry bones represent, whatever it is that's happening, that the Spirit of God has the power to bring life. So church, as we think about where those valleys are in our life, as we think about where God has the power, as we think about where we see dry bones, where we think about where we see death, where we feel a sense of despair, hear the word of the Lord. That the Spirit brings life. So as Ezekiel heard it in that valley, may we hear the word of the Lord that the Spirit brings life. Amen.